0: Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast.
1: Hey, it's time for your weekly dose of hope because uh, truth always wins. The gospel always lifts people up. We serve an amazing God. He's, he's a warrior. He's victorious. He leads us into victory. And I tell you what, when we continue to stay in the game, When we continue to do what God's called us to do as believers, which is uh, love people well, model the gospel for people, share the good news of Jesus, Um, truth wins. And and I've I've lived long enough to see that. Uh, And I think this week, you know, we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to do a little little shift from where we've been. Uh, We've been talking about a wonderful book called uh, Strange New World. Strange New World.
0: Strange new world. Strange new world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> after the after the brave new world, yeah. uh, strange new world. We've been talking about how we got in the mess that we're in, and uh, and today we're going to take a little pause from that, uh, just because so much good news is happening, and really we
0: want to be, we want to be the harbingers of good news today. Yeah, I, I'm sure you guys are aware of. Um, basically, it seems like at least recently our Supreme Court has come back to become a constitutional. Um, yeah. A republic con- come back to be constitutional judges, you know, right. uh, to restrain themselves to the doctrine of you know, following the Constitution and not just making up new rules and, and whatnot. So. Uh, and of course, we're, we're all elated uh, that after nearly 50 years
1: of uh, a hideous. A Roe v. Wade ruling, which we'll get into in just a moment. Of course, uh, it, it would be wrong for us to continue on without pausing at this moment in history uh, to uh, rejoice in what God has done, to rejoice in the opportunities that are before us. And, uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah. but you know, people, people always talk. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to be speaking at a group down in Indianapolis, and my topic is on um, the role, basically the role of the church in public policy. And of course, many pastors won't touch any of these things with a 10-foot pole. They they won't even mention. In fact, even as we just saw Roe v. Wade reversed, um, I'm sure many pulpits did not even acknowledge this, did not even talk about or address it in any way, shape, or form, uh, because they feel like that's just not the, the role of the church. And yet, we both know if, if Christians had not been involved uh, in the last election cycle, uh, if we would not have been involved in... In uh, uh, electing Donald Trump, who who said he would put constitutionally committed uh, judges right, he he uh, appointed three judges. Those judges were a big part in ruling and holding to the Constitution. We would not be celebrating today if Christians had not been involved in politics. And again, some people, you know, obviously Donald Trump is a controversial figure. I'm not talking about his lifestyle. I'm not talking about his history. I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking or, or his, his tweets or anything like that. I'm talking about the fact that he is the way that he governed was conservative and he held to, to the
0: Constitution. And that's why we're sitting here in this victory today. As far as I'm concerned, ever since I really been engaged in politics probably like just after college he's been the most impactful president for religious liberty for life for life absolutely i mean hands down compared to all the presidents we had i mean not even close i mean people will criticize him i'm just like okay but but look at the fruit look at the results i mean right now he's not in the office right now but the legacy of the three judges he had to fight Fight hard, and not even telling all the 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 the, the non Supreme Court judges, the yep. district court judges, and other federal judges she appointed. Just the impact of that right now, and if any of these decisions went the other way, it would have been disastrous. Well, what I find, I, what I
1: find, it ironic, and it gives all the glory to the Lord is that we we right now have the most rapidly, wickedly pro abortion uh, administration in the history of America. We've never had a. A more uh, progressively far left. I mean, America is one of only six nations in the whole world that has the abortion policy that we've had all the way full full term. Yeah, we are one of the most barbarous nations in the world when it comes to our pre. You know what just happened this last week. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's it's a Holy Spirit irony that under the most. Uh, wicked regime as it relates to the sanctity of life, we are seeing a reversal. And that reversal comes because ideas have consequences and elections have consequences. And we have to be involved and we have to be salt and light and we have to promote righteousness. And so let's talk a little bit, you know, and I want to say this too. Every time righteousness breaks through, every time there's a stronghold, a demonic stronghold broken, you're going to get hell's. Uh, you know, fury back in your face. Yeah, pushback. You're going to get pushback. And this is why we need to make sure we're not intimidated. We need to make sure we don't, you know, we don't shrink back, that we stand courageously, that we anticipate this. This is part of spiritual warfare. We keep loving people, as we say on this podcast, but we hate bad ideas. So uh, bad ideas produce really bad consequences. And in some situations, death. And that's what we've been reaping for the last uh, nearly 50 years in America with some really bad ideas that have had really terrible consequences. So, number one, don't don't be timid, shy. Don't be freaking out. Um, certainly, be grieved and pray. But but stand resolutely for biblical principles. And the other thing I just want to encourage, and we've talked about this. This is not the time to be, you know, punching our ticket for the next world and waiting for the Antichrist to show up. You know, some people just, I think some people uh, with the Roe v. Wade reversal, they were like so shocked because they just anticipated bad going to worse, going to worse, going to worse, and this will never be overturned. And they were looking for the Antichrist and the rapture and everything else. What we're going to talk about is the fact that because people have been involved, because people have been praying, because people have been serving, We've seen a a string of incredible Supreme Court decisions that are supporting liberty and life, and and that are producing
0: incredible results. Um, well, things are absolutely trending in the way of conservative and traditionalist people believing in faith, family, and freedom. That, that's and the, let me
1: just connect that, it out, that When we say we're not promoting conservatism, we're saying. Conservativism and the principles there come from the word of God. I'm
0: talking about traditional value that's that sustains civilizations for thousands it's of years. Whole, yeah, this is the it's foundation wild, of Western sea. Healthy, produce healthy family, which produces healthy society. I mean, healthy family is the foundation right. of society. Right now, the, the, the mass media and, and big tech, they are all pushing against anti-family destruction of family. I yeah. mean, how about the, the brave new world? That's what it's all about, yeah. right? Yep. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what, what you're saying yeah. is there's a, we're seeing a swing towards really conser- conservative, biblical worldview-based yeah, I'm not um, talking about political solution. conservative. Yeah. It, is, it could be considered political yeah. conservative. I'm just talking about traditional faith, family, and freedom values. Right that allows civilization to flourish because people can see the fruit of what's going on. They see the big government control. They see the globalistic tyranny and they say, no, we want to go back to local governments, local control, power to the people. We want uh, nations to be, once again, feel like, Hey, we can have boundaries. We can we have right. say, say, say so over our own nation versus listening to some globalists up in Europe or whatnot, yeah. you know, and, and that's, what's trending. I saw a report um, yesterday that, uh, I forgot, well, I think the AP was reporting that a million voters have switched from um, D to R. Again, we're not even promoting one party right. over another. The point of this is like there's a lot of people who are saying that's way too radical for us. Right. And we are going in the opposite direction. Right. And that's, you know? that
1: is huge because these people aren't necessarily Christians, religious oh. people, but they're saying these policies and, and what's being promoted. Is so out in left field, so out of touch with reality. We can't even we can't even identify with the party we once were comfortable in. Yeah, uh, and that's again why you know I've always made the comment no matter no matter what party uh, you've been raised in or right or your, your traditions are, you have to align those party principles with the Word of God, and you have to kingdomize your party. So if you've been a you know your family has been democratic and there's certain principles you've embraced, that's great. But your party is way. Uh, godless now, and you need to figure out if you're going to stay in that party. What are you doing to reform it? Otherwise, you need to bail. Same thing with the Republican Party. It's not. It's not a, the Christian Party yeah. um, by any stretch of the means. But, Trust but us we,
0: sometimes we're not big fans. But we need
1: to. Yeah. We need to be reforming both parties. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and what we're trying to do is bring kingdom principles, which are good f- yeah. for the common good. The,
0: the way I like to say is, I'm not supportive of any party. I'm looking for a party who's going to support what I believe in. There you go. So so this is not. It, Free game, man. Whoever wants, you want my support? Exactly. Give me the, the values that I can align with. I'm not going to be, a, there's R&D. I have no allegiance to anybody. I'm allegiance to these values and principles that yeah. will lead to life and lead to prosperity. So who wants to align by that? Who has less corruption too? Yeah, absolutely. Which That's is good. A, it's a toss-up, right? That's <laughs> good.
1: So let's talk about something near and dear to my heart. This was a a, um, a big case about a football coach who had been fired you know, he had a he had a practice after the football game was over. He would walk out to the 50-yard line, take a knee, pray quietly, and then get up and be on his way. Well, there were other young men on his football team that, uh, you know, wanted to join him. Uh, there were other parents uh, that came and maybe joined him. Maybe the officials, referees joined him. I don't know who was joining him, but the, po- the point was – this was uh, an independent citizen acting on his own volition, choosing to to thank them, take that time to pray and thank the Lord and honor the Lord. Uh, there was no coercion, there was no force. He didn't tell his kids, "Hey, if you want to play on my football team, you got to come out and pray." Yeah. This was not sponsored by the high school. This was a a private citizen freely exercising his faith before the Lord. Yeah. Uh, the school system fired him. They said, "You're giving the appearance." that we are somehow endorsing
0: this behavior and and again you pointed out this poor guy has been in court for how long now Uh, several years this is not like that i don't remember how many years i mean this court case went back and forth went to like the district court went to the ninth circuit court got sent back they ruled against them they appealed and back and forth and finally after years ended up in the supreme court Now, now the irony is of course there were professional athletes who were kneeling for
1: equally religious reasons, yeah. social justice reasons, at football games. They were celebrated, um, and uh, and here's a a coach who's kneeling for expressing his personal viewpoint of worship before God. Yeah. He's fired while our, our, our country celebrates some of these other folks uh, kneeling for different reasons. So the point is, there's great inconsistency uh, just in that example. And, th- and this touched me personally, because my dad was a football coach yeah. at a public school. Um, he used to tell his players, look, before the game at such such time, I'm going to be uh, having a devotional time. If any of you want to join me, uh, it's completely up to you. And because students were hungry for, for more, hungry for the Lord, um, just hungry for answers, they would gather together with my father. He would crack open the Bible. He'd share you know, an inspirational thought before yeah. the game. They would pray, and then they'd go out and uh and play the game uh, nobody was being forced to come this was not um, uh, part of his job uh, this in no way infringed upon him doing his job in fact it actually accentuated uh, his job it, players were being encouraged and loved on and all that and so so this this case touched my heart because i'm thinking my goodness a, a football coach loving his players wanting to mentor his players and being punished for simply bowing for prayer and this happens by the way on nfl every sunday then the, the media now pans away from it but generally speaking at the end of the game players from both teams meet at the 50 yard line and they they, they kneel down they grab hands and they have a word of prayer yep. Yep. how is this in any way a violation of the constitution how is this in any way detrimental to the the separation of church and state unless you're a, a radical liberal secularist um, nobody cares about this or is threatened by this well a lot of people do
0: care because a lot of people are liberal secularists. <laughs> exactly. And, well, you're right, and they 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 say stuff like, "Oh, it's damaging our democracy. It's destroying uh, the principle of separation of church and state." Right. No, which I don't know how many times do we have to say it? Separation of church and state is not in the Constitution. Okay. It talks about free exercise clause. It talks about how the how the state should not endorse a new religion. And, 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 and the argument that he might be giving the guys that the the, the school uh, district is endorsing Christianity or prayer, I think one Supreme Court Justice uh, came out and said, you guys fired a coach. I think it's pretty clear that you guys are not endorsing what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, so you fired him and put him for, to yeah, through hell for the last five or six, yeah, seven years. I think it's pretty clear, everyone, you're not endorsing his religion. <laughs> so 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 there is no endorsement there of, of, of that situation. But but the free exit, I think one Supreme Court was one who says this is a violation of both his free exercise clause in the constitution and the first uh, free speech so these are very important things that's like again as as people who embody our values our culture what has become is certain values certain religion certain worldviews are openly expressed and are embraced but other ones are discriminated against right right okay and and, and religion particularly have been protected by the constitution you know so again and I would say all these are religious in nature. So this is the case when when the Supreme Court was just actually like, yeah, that's the Constitution. This is exactly what should be protected by a First <laughs> Amendment.
1: Well, and I love the Liberty Council attorneys here. They said, um, the Constitution protects prayer and both pub- public school teachers and their students do not shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate. In other words, when you go to a public school or public anything, Uh, Religious liberty means I don't have to leave my faith at home. It means I get to express my faith anywhere in public society, Uh, 24-7, 365, Uh, I don't have to compartmentalize my life and leave my Christian faith or leave Jesus in the car while I walk into the public school classroom.
0: There's a big difference between the the state not establishing a religion versus you not be able to express your religion. And that's what the Constitution says. Yeah,
1: and nobody's nobody's
0: establishing establishing anything here. It's just the the expression of that. After the game... You know, that is after the game, so it wasn't like in the middle of the game, it's after the game. And it was a private citizen doing you know Yeah. It's the same thing we see at the poll, which is at annual prayer event. Mm-hmm. And I've told
1: teachers for years, Christian teachers, that this is not some some violation of your contract or whatever to come before school starts. Yeah. To to join other Christian students and to pray. For teachers, administrators, for peace, for safety, for blessing, how is this somehow you know threatening to uh, to, to to our schools? It's it, in
0: the social imaginary. No, you know, you're right. Watch <laughs> last episode, last
1: episode. Yeah, it's social not based, imaginary. Yeah, it's not
0: based on logic or coherence. It's the social imaginary. So anyway, that
1: that is a great Talked thing. About last week, so that is a great <laughs> thing. And I hope, I hope again, this this teacher right. is not only compensated, well compensated for the years he was fired. Uh, which was a grave injustice, but I hope there's some some penalty money in there as well to basically warn school systems, stop this type of hostility yeah. toward uh, good people. This, this guy was a great coach, loved his students, and should not be treated this way. People like that should be celebrated and welcomed into our school systems as great assets. Let's talk about another uh, public school situation, uh, and that's the school choice issue. Uh, this happened in Maine. And basically, um, here's the summary, the state chose to make a tuition benefit available for all pr- private education and parents could choose any generally acceptable school, except as they argued, faith-based schools. <laughs> so this here's where the state creates a fund to help education and to promote school choice, except uh, you cannot uh, apply those funds to any school that has uh, any kind of religious instruction going on which again is open hostility towards uh, people of faith because the the argument and i think this is interesting the argument on the left is that somehow secularism uh, and you and i just yeah. touched this somehow secularism in other words a godless public square is neutrality But as we pointed out, when you take God out of the public square, you don't have neutrality. You have atheism. And atheism, last time I checked, is a religious worldview. It is a a non-theistic, godless worldview, but it is a worldview nevertheless, and it's religious. It's not neutral. There's no place on planet Earth where neutrality exists. Somebody's ideas or ideology is going to be
0: governed. Yeah, it's a uh, vacuum is going to get filled by something. It's yeah. going to be filled by zealotry. It's going to have their own prophets, going to have their own religious text yeah. and their own orthodoxy, orthodoxy their own traditions. Right. It's going to have their own evangelism. Right. I mean, we see that all around. We see we see what the, what they're espousing in terms of uh, um, the sexual ethics that they're giving in oh, yeah. these s- secular uh, atheistic environments is religious in nature so again i mean so so for them to make that exception is is clearly causing that you know making that christian school a second-class citizen which yeah. i think that's what important.
1: Exactly. and here's what uh, i appreciate john roberts he said the state pays tuition for certain students at private schools so long as the schools are not religious. That is discrimination against religion. Overt discrimination. Yeah. It's saying the only reason you don't qualify for these funds that yeah. the state has willingly made available to everyone, oh, except for you guys because yeah. you're religious, is discrimination. And it's right in your face discrimination. Um, so I love the summary here. He said, in essence, the High Court this week is stating again that a government need not offer a public benefit to private entities. In other words, that was the government's choice. Yeah. They didn't have to do it. But if it does, faith alone cannot automatically disqualify someone from participating. And he says here, people of faith need to be
0: respected like any other people in the public square. See, my understanding see my is, just reading this real quickly, um, I believe this case first went through the state court, And um, just way up the system. Yeah, and basically lost. The lower courts agree within the state. So again, I mean, to me these are. I'm reading this. I'm like, I can't believe like there are courts who says, oh, actually, you know what? That's that's violation of the establishment quo. That's establishing religion by doing that. You guys are giving these are. What I understand these are public funded money. So so the money came from. Okay, I don't I haven't read too much into this bill but I'm guessing the money came from just the ordinary citizens. Oh yeah, it's tax money. It's tax money. Yeah, that's right? how that's it, it is by So the way, you're governments giving the money are back <laughs> to you're taking the money from people and you're and you're going to give it to, you know, select group and not be, other group because of the religious faith. Yeah. But but say we're the religious
1: they take our money. Yeah goes to goes to the government the government decides to to promote school choice but then they say to us oh but you guys don't get the benefit from it because you're religious well then give me my money back for one you know i mean not to mention though that this is a severe infringement upon our constitutional liberties now but this is the way that this is the way the left thinks all right um maine's woke attorney general aaron fry a democrat was bitter After the ruling, attacking religious schools as bigoted. And this is, again, this is the ideology and the religion of the left. And we need to call it out for what it is. This is religious zealotry right here, expressing hostility against Christians. He says, quote, public education should expose children to a variety of viewpoints, promote tolerance and understanding. (laughs) And prepare children for life in a diverse society. Now, just that statement. First of all, he, he's making a statement. He's saying public education should. Yeah. In other words, he's expressing here his personal private his own- worldview. But he's now saying... His view is everybody's view.
0: Yeah, and if you don't agree, you're bigoted. Yeah, you're bigoted. Well, can I say you're bigoted because I disagree with you? Absolutely. (laughs) Define these
1: for me, sir. What does tolerance mean to you? Because what tolerance means to me and what tolerance means to people on the progressive left are two different things. Absolutely. But he goes on. Listen to this. This cracks me up because I was talking about this on Sunday. We just had baby dedication, right? He said, quote, again, I'm quoting this man from Maine. A public official the education provided by the schools at issue here is inimical to a public education they promote a single religion to the exclusion of all others they refuse to admit gay and transgender children and they openly discriminate in hiring of teachers and staff What, what he means by openly discriminate is that these Christian schools actually want Christians leading and teaching in their schools. Like that's not called discrimination. That's called choosing people who share your values to promote your values in the context of Christ-centered education. Um, which you can't have Christ-centered education without people for whom Christ is the center of their lives. So it's interesting. This is this is the left again, just pushing their hatred against Christians. And can I can I mention that? secularism promotes a single religion to the exclusion of all others they promote godless atheism uh, they pr- they promote naturalism uh, last time i checked people who believe in islam believe their way is the right way people who believe in buddhism believe their way is the right way why are we picking on christians who believe that jesus when he says i am the way the truth and the life why are we somehow calling that you know discriminatory in the sense that it's mean against other people? We're just being true to what Jesus Christ himself said. Of course, th- this is a situation where there is a way to the exclusion of others. It doesn't mean that we hate others. It doesn't mean that we're mean to others. It simply means we choose to believe that what Jesus said is true. Um, but secularism cannot have any of that. And here's the one that gets me. This, this ties into Sunday try expressed horror that, quote, one school teaches children that the husband is to be the leader of his household. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh, are you kidding me? That's because the Bible teaches that the husband is the head of his household. So here again, you have a hostile, left, progressive, godless, perverted, wicked ideology that is viewing Christianity or any other religion as a threat to the established orthodoxy it so, is equally religious and we should call it out poetic. so that was the attorney general
0: yep i mean he, of, he, of maine this is incredible because you you think the reason for the first amendment is to protect against unpopular speech the reason for first amendment is to protect against unpopular minority religion that's the purpose of protecting those from exactly that situation, I mean, from he's, the heavy hand of whoever's in power. You you don't agree? You think they're you don't like them, so you want to discriminate against them? That's the purpose of the First Amendment. So he's the study case for when the founding father is like, hmm, we need to have a First Amendment in place because a guy's just G- like that guy's just
1: like him who hold the stick of government and I would use it to beat up bigot- be- discrimination,
0: bigotry, whatever way to fit his his viewpoint. And all of the Supreme Court says, you know what? We just want to be fair for everybody. So, so again, like I, I, it's just such like a delusion that they can't in the middle of all this says, you know what? They might think I'm bigoted. it's just it's just the the microphone, yell as loud as you can, and, and so tolerance
1: would thoughts. say tolerance would say, okay, I disagree maybe with with your school or I yeah. disagree with your Christianity. But that's
0: what we're. But I'm going to tolerate you. We're a tolerant you. nation. We are a multicultural nation. We have different ideas and thoughts, and so you're going to have your thoughts, and i But, I'm that, going to have but mine. that's not what tolerance means not, to the left.
1: No. And and yeah. here's another great example: Cornell Law School professor. Michael Dorf said the court's majority opinion appears skeptical of government decision making premised on secularism. Wow, let's just pause there. Skeptical of government decision making premised on godless secularism. Yeah, we should be skeptical. I'm scared to death of that. Every every major tyrannical government that is godless ends in the slaughter uh, of its people. He says, quote, they regard secularism, which for centuries has been the liberal world's understanding of what it means to be neutral, as itself a form of discrimination against religion. Amen. Absolutely. There is no neutrality in secularism. Secularism is a counterfeit orthodoxy um, mimicking uh, the role of Jesus Christ as Lord. And we should be incredibly scared, terrified of a secular government playing god that's exactly what's been happening in america for many many years because of this as you mentioned perverted understanding of the separation of, of church and state um so anyway I, I these are these are great examples of of great breakthrough um in our country right now as it relates to supreme court rulings. but let's get to the let's get to the big one with the time that we have left and and this is the uh roe v wade reversal Yep. Um, now, I think it's interesting, again, after, after five decades of unconstitutional legal precedent, basically what the Supreme Court ruled was that there is no constitutional right to end a child's life. This was a fictitious law. It was a made-up constitutional right. There's no legal precedent for it. It, it violated uh, the state's laws, and I forget how many states which had outlawed abortion altogether. Uh, so this was a ma- probably the most egregious example of judicial overreach and judicial activism in the history of America. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is when you tell a lie long enough, people begin to believe it, yep. and people are outraged now. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of myth taking place, a lot of misinformation, especially from the media. Uh, 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 abortions have been banned uh, you know
0: all this kind of stuff that's not the case basically it's going back to the states going back to the states and basically my understanding of the Supreme court decision was they're not even making a moral statement about abortion about conception of life they're not making a moral statement they're simply making a legal statement saying that there's no constitutional basis for that decision so it should be made at the legislative level whether it's federal state should be at the state level but I think I think Mr. Joe Biden is trying to come up with something at the federal level, which probably won't happen. But, um, but basically they're saying it's a decision that local governments or governments should make, uh, the legislature should make and not yep. the just, just, I, just justice
1: Alito says exactly yeah. what you're alluding to here. He yeah. says, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The constitution makes no reference to abortion. No yeah. such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. So, so he's saying, just not, without making any moral statement about abortion, he's just saying there's nothing in the Constitution that, that protects abortion or even talks about abortion. Our job as Supreme Court justices is to rule on the basis of law. There is no legal precedent here, so this was a badly ruled case from the beginning. And that's what he goes on to say. He said Roe was egregiously wrong from the start, its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement on the issue of abortion, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. And, yeah. boy, that's what we're seeing. Absolutely. So we thought, well, the Supreme Court's just going to make up this right to abortion and just going to rule. And then, and then what's happened is every time states try to curb uh, abortion, try to, to reel it in, um, and this is through state legislatures through, you know, elected representation. They'll pass some great legislation, and then the Supreme Court goes, or, or a federal court, slaps the hand of the people and basically says, no, nope, you can't do that. This is a constitutionally protected right. And then so every time the people try to speak, the court slaps them down. And of course, that's the way the left rules. The, the left does not win by popular majority because their ideas are anathema to liberty. So, Every time they have to get something done, they have to shove it through the courts. We saw this with a whole bunch of, of, uh, of rulings uh, that are all have to do with social poli- policy and social engineering. They can't win the popular vote. They can't win in the realm of ideas. So they have to shove it down our throats through uh, through leftist activist judges. Yep. Uh, and this basically says, no, we're not going to do that. This was wrong. We're going to send it right back to the people where it belongs. And so um, what does that mean? There's a number of things that are happening. First of all, if there were pre-Roe v. Wade laws, and some states have them, I'm looking here, states like Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Georgia, Michigan, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, Wisconsin. These are laws that existed prior to the 1973
0: ruling. Yeah. Those laws are now back in the game, Yeah, uh, which is exciting. Yes, we- I heard about Wisconsin. Wisconsin had a, a, a pretty strong ban on abortion it's been 50 years ago and now that this decision is happening the the very liberal uh, governor of wisconsin is like scrambling to try to get something passed but the legislature i think is republican yeah so they come to impasse but so now all of a sudden they're facing that situation yeah and then we had trigger laws which
1: yep. you know and yep. there's 13 states that, that basically anticipated if roe v wade crumbles then we need to be ready for it i wish indiana would have been more aggressive because uh, because we have not been aggressive in, in creating these trigger laws, now the focus of the media and everybody else, all the all the bullies, is going to be on our legislature when they come into session yep. on July the 6th. Uh, if we would have had uh, the cur- courage and foresight to get on this earlier, we would not be uh, the national focus as I'm anticipating we're going to be. Um, but anyway, 13 of these states have laws that are basically saying if Roe falls, They've already enacted uh, pro-life legislation. Then there's something called enjoined laws. Uh, Many states had pro-life laws that were ruled unconstitutional by the court. These can now, as we just talked about, can be brought back and become law uh, because some of these courts were ruling based on Roe. And of course, that's not the case. And then there's pro-abortion states. Uh, There are states that are rapidly pro-abortion, like California, Illinois, New um, New York. And, uh, and those states already had trigger laws in effect, too, that basically said this is a right for all yep. New Yorkers or whatever. Right. And so the issue becomes what's happening at the local level and what's the will of the people in the state of Indiana versus the state of Illinois. And, and this is where the battle is far from over. No, it's far from over. In fact, it's really over. just begun. Yep. So this is not, you know, this everything has been settled now. This is not a time for us to be t- doing too many uh, cheers. Uh, we certainly should be cheering and celebrating. But really, it's time to roll up our sleeves now, and we've got to get to work uh, in making sure that—I'm speaking to Hoosiers—making sure that Indiana becomes uh, one of those states that that outlaws abortion and that promotes uh, the sanctity of life, and and a state where the blessing of God is on the people. You're going to see a division, I believe. You're going to see a division in America between states that are pushing a godless— anti-Christian agenda and states that are honoring God, honoring his word, you're going to see the blessing and prosperity on one, and you're going to see everything that comes with the curse on another. Um, I think it's going to be as clear as can be um, uh, in the days ahead. That's my own opinion. Well,
0: it's going to give us clarity, and it's going to be interesting because many of the people, my guess is a lot of these so-called pro-life politicians is going to... um, they are dreading Roe v.ersus Wade being overturned because oh, yeah. they've been protected to have to even go there. Now they actually have to put their money where their mouth is, yeah. and we're going to see if that actually happens. Yeah, we're,
1: you're exactly right, man. The light's going to shine. We're going to we're going to really see who's the champion of life and who's not. And, and let me just say this, you know, because we're running out of time here, okay. I am amazed, um, even in the church, at how cloudy our uh, biblical morality, our, our sense of biblical ethics as it relates to life has become, you know, we, we've, we've embraced, uh, in a, I don't want to say embrace but we've lived in a, a Roe v. Wade culture for 49 years, nearly 50 years. Mm-hmm. And as I said, you know, you, when you accept death as a solution and murder as a solution, uh, again, the vast majority of abortions uh, on the basis of convenience, children sacrificed on the altar of convenience. We're violating two incredibly <laughs> profound biblical realities here. The first one being that God is the author of life. This is huge. It, it, it means, secondly, by, by, by logic, that life is sacred because we're created in the image and likeness of yeah, God. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. you're. you're and so when you look at sacred, all of the yeah. situational yeah. ethics that we bring into the situation, well, what about this situation? Well, what about that situation? It's all situational ethics what we fail to understand is number one god created the life which means he has the authority over life which means we do not have the authority to take that life period and secondly that that life is incredibly sacred because it's made in the image and likeness of god now we're seeing now we went from abortion should be rare uh right and it's terrible and it should be rare and and it's unfortunate we have to allow it in certain situations to a shift now where people are encouraged to openly celebrate the murder of their children yeah. i mean like celebrate it like this is great i'm killing my child yeah, live stream this and it's just like yeah, it's, it's, like it's demonic yeah. but this is what happens when you believe a lie for 50 years yeah. it has an accumulating effect to where now even young people in the church and adults in the church are confused about an issue that should not be that confusing. It should be crystal clear if you're if you're a believer and you submit to the authority of the word of God. Now I'm not saying we don't live in a culture that's full of brokenness and pain. In fact, I was so touched on Sunday You know, we modeled inadvertently. It wasn't like, "Hey, let's let's create a service that models the beauty of right of Christian culture." But we dedicated children to the Lord. We had people that were baptized. We had people coming back from mission trips where they were helping the poor and the needy. It's almost like we planned it, (laughs) but we didn't know that was coming. No, but 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 here's what was the beauty of it. I was not up there thundering against Roe v. Wade and thundering against abortion we were promoting life you could see life you saw families with babies and children being a gift yeah. from god and all we celebrated the truth of the gospel and sunday after church our altars were full of people who were weeping because of the holy spirit bringing to light sometimes it was abortion that had happened in their lives in the past that they pushed out of consciousness but what triggered the awareness was the beauty Of children and the beauty of family and that's what that that to me is the stronger message is look take the Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good when they saw the beauty of God's intended purpose it wasn't a conviction of I'm a bad person I'm an evil person it was a conviction from the Holy Spirit that you know what I need to deal with my past and I need to experience healing and forgiveness and, and, and I want to get my heart right and healed. And I just believe, Pastor Andrew, there are people even watching. I, I just want you to know we're, we're coming into an amazing season of healing and restoration. There is forgiveness in Jesus name. It doesn't matter what's happened in your past. The future with Christ is completely different. And sometimes the shameful, painful, hurtful things from our past uh, are actually launch pads into healing for other people and, and healing for ourselves. And I just want to say this, t- t- church, to the degree that you come into alignment with a lie. And, and I say this as it relates to abortion. If you if you come into alignment with the lie of abortion, uh, that, that builds a stronghold in your life, um, which leads to all kinds of horrific other bad ideas, which leads to other bad consequences. We need to repent for our agreement with the spirit of murder. Uh, we need to... Uh, come to the cross and say lord forgive us and we need now to begin the 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 important and difficult work of creating a cultural life and uh and that's what the church is called to do so it's a time for prayer it's a time for love it's a time for action it's a time for courage and uh and i want to pray for us uh that we would have that so lord for our listeners right now uh some of whom have been touched personally uh through abortion I just pray for your healing to begin. I pray for the courage to stand. I pray for the courage to to move forward and to bring things that have been hidden into the light. And Lord, there's a whole generation of people who have been devastated uh, by abortion for 50 years. Uh, This has been part of our national uh, psyche, part of our national culture. All these lies that have been trumpeted over and over and over again that have become a part of the mindset of many, many Christians. So, Lord, I pray that you break the stronghold. I pray that you bring revival to your church. And, Lord, bring reformation to America. And we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you'll share this far and wide. We appreciate your feedback as always. And um, we'll continue uh, in our series on this strange new world, uh, connecting the dots between uh, some of the the madness that we're seeing around us and how we got here uh, as we come together next Thursday. So until then, have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning in.